Attention, Pokemon players. You are listening to Triple P, the Pittsburgh Pokemon podcast. I am your host, Jake Abrams, alongside Charlie, the Whimsy Watch. Chuck, 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 Chuck. How are hello. we doing today? <laughs> hello, hello. Uh, I'm doing I'm doing pretty good. Uh, yeah, well, thank you for joining uh, us. I know Nick is on vacation and was not able to join. And you are always so awesome just to jump in and fill in whenever you can. Yes, uh, always I, much appreciated. I, I I like getting promoted to the front desk. <laughs> so it's it's a lot of fun. So how have you been? What have you been up to this last week? Um, a lot of Pokemon going on this week. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I've been dabbling in a lot of different Pokemon. There's Pokemon Go. There's Pokemon Unite craziness. Uh, and then we had a couple tournaments this weekend and this week uh, per the TCG. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a lot of Pokemon going on right now. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, uh, I mean, we'll talk some TCG here in a second, but this is your tr- uh, time to shine when it comes to go and unite. Cause we don't usually talk about that, but I know there were a few things you did want to well, I mean, mention. Go Fest was big in, in the month. So there was a lot of shiny hunting and catching legendaries. And if you play go, you know what I'm talking about. If you don't mm-hmm. play go, you have no idea what I'm talking about. So it's not going to matter. Um, uh, it's just just a lot of that catching rare stuff that they only put out around Go Fest. So yeah, yeah. So actually, I only kind of dabble in Go. Uh, I play in spurts, and we went to the pool, my uh, my wife and my my child, and we uh, were just hanging out. And they wanted to stay in the pool a lot longer than me, so I got out and was uh, just walking around doing a little bit of uh, Go there. Caught a bunch of. Uh, fun stuff took some gyms over it was it was a good little distraction and I haven't really got a lot of time into it recently so it was kind of cool um, just to be able to play go again yeah I mean I find it a lot of fun um, my my job lets me get out and help me be out and about so I can play go effectively yeah uh, I, I do not have that opportunity I stay in one location and I don't really move much um, and that's cool so how you've been enjoying pokemon unite uh i i like it it's a um nice and straightforward moba i've played a couple before mobas before unite and i like the simplicity of it um and making it really kind of easy to get into and worrying about just the tactics of doing the gameplay rather than trying to figure out how to build your character along the way yeah for sure there's a couple items and just improve the you know just upgrade those items as fast as you can but definitely there's still a large emphasis on strategy and team building and all that good stuff i, love, um, I like but, me some absol so i was just gonna ask what's your main absol absol at the moment is I, I don't know there's some other ones that are they're fun lucario is actually a lot of fun to play yeah um he has like a actual skill shot kind of move that i like the power up punch so yeah 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 that's cool. Yeah, I was maining uh, Greninja uh, for the most part, but then people were telling me Greninja's, you know, maybe like an average character um, to really go for that Cinderace because they kind of have similar play styles. So I've been trying out Cinderace for the last couple of days, um, and he does seem a little bit stronger. So I, I think I, my main might be uh, that little soccer uh, rabbit. <laughs> I mean, I've da- I've jumped over all over the place, but definitely Absol is probably what I've got the most games in at the moment. So yes, yes. Okay, so uh, besides you know Go and and we've have uh, Unite, we've both been playing you know a fair amount of TCG. I just kind of wanted to um, 
have this one out there because it was kind of an interesting situation and you were part of this is our our local community where we have IRL play back up again um, this week we had around 14 people and it was four rounds of, of just regular Swiss and it ended up being where there was no clear shot winner because there was uh, nobody that went 4-0 I had a chance but then my my deck completely um, fizzled out that last game and I just didn't pull anything uh, but there ended up being a six-way tie at 3-1. Um, I don't think I've ever seen that before or ever even heard of that in any game. Um, and, and both of us were part of that uh, 6-1. That was pretty crazy, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, I had my fault, small part to play in that. Um, <laughs> just because, well, I mean, when you're running with 14 people, there's going to be that pair down yeah. pretty much every round. And I know going into round two, I got the pair down and then I promptly lost that match. So I yep. made the extra one in one person to then keep going. And I think someone else lost again to the pair down later. Uh, I definitely lost down to the pair down on the last match. Uh, but thankfully for me, I had the tiebreaker on two of those guys. Uh, so I had um, wins over the two people that were tied there. Um, so I ended up winning on... Uh, just that fear, sheer fact alone. Um, so I ended up taking the win of the tournament. And I think you were on the lower end of that 6-1, were you? <laughs> were you not? Uh, no, I, <laughs> I didn't even, no, I, I, I didn't help anyone else in their uh, strength of schedule when they yeah. beat me. Uh, <laughs> that was a downward slide after that, that round two. <laughs> oh, geez, yeah. But no, that was, I just thought that was funny and something worth uh you know mentioning because i don't think i've seen that i don't know if anybody listening's ever seen that um make, make sure to let us know in the comments um down down twitter or or anything like that after this fact but um i want to see if anybody's seen something crazy like that as far as um that that kind of uh you know all everybody bunched up at the top so there was another tournament that both of us were involved in both didn't quite do as well um that was our, our good friend Gumi over in the Oregon Pokemon, they had their, their once-a-month tournament, Gumi Cup, which was this time it was uh, Sword and Shield up that with no rule box. So it was all single-price Pokemon. So what did you end up bringing for that? Uh, I brought a, a variant of Rapid Strike Malamar. I mean, mm -hmm. obviously the only rule box Pokemon in that deck is usually Oricorio, so that, But I decided to throw out some other copies of uh, Rapid Strike Zebstrika, mm -hmm. um, the electric Pokemon stage one to get what was six attackers because I figured single prize format, I need to be able to take six prizes individually. So that was my idea. It, yeah. it, it worked fairly well. Um, I, I mean, I went two and three because it's five rounds. I went two and three, but I yeah. want to say like each loss was just there's only one loss that was kind of like, oh, well, like out, out of like I didn't have a chance kind of. But then the yep. other ones were down to like the last prize on both sides. Yeah, yeah. so it, it was very similar for myself. I actually brought uh, a Rapid Strike Malamar myself. I didn't bring the Zeb Strike. Uh, um, I had to make two cuts because obviously we can't have Oricorio because rule box and Mew uh, because, you know, Sword and Shield on. So wasn't able to do that. So I added an extra ordinary rod and an extra um, Remoraid. Uh, and I was doing well. I started off 2-0. Uh, 
and then lost a really, really close game to um, an energy denial slash. Um, what was the one that if, if you if you put energy on, you take damage, uh, the electric Pokemon? I forget the name at the moment. Um, uh, but Arctazolt. Yeah, Arctazolt. So I was playing an Arctazolt deck with um, energy disruption. Uh, very close game, but they ended up taking it. Um, but then in game four, I was I was playing against a Kyogre deck and I had I had game. I basically had game. So I was up four prizes to none and I'm chilling. They don't have anything going on on their on their bench. They don't have any cards really going on. They have a one to zero card hand. And so the game is in really good uh, position for me. And my computer decides for the first time since I've owned it to kick me off PTCGO and wouldn't let me get back on until after my time already um, expired. So I would have got a, 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 you know, automatic loss, but my opponent was super awesome and said, hey, hey, we're just playing for fun. Um, let's let's just r- run it back, um, which was awesome on him. Uh, and I'm sorry, I forget his name at the at the moment. Uh, but going into that match uh, the second time, it just bricked. I, I couldn't get anything going until turn four. And not that he was going super fast, but he definitely had um, – some Kyogres on the bench with energy ready to go. And he ended up, you know, winning it, which I started coming back. Um, and it came down to my last, my second to last turn. I had to find boss to kill Kyogre because I knew electric energy was in his hand. Cause he just put it there from, from the training court. Um, but then after that, I boss killed it and then I had to do it again. Um, and if I didn't, then he's going to just take all six prizes in one turn. And I have I have two uh, make dues with with um, with Mangino there, and just kind of don't get it. Uh, so he ends up taking all six prizes, which I, it was kind of crummy that I lost, but it was also really awesome to see all six of my Pokemon. <laughs> I was going, I was like up three three prizes to none, and then he just kills all six at once uh, to take the win, and then I promptly uh, just dead drew the next game. So it was going from really promising to a disaster real fast for me. Yeah, I mean it'll happen. I did get to see the tail end of that 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 Kyogre match just because. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I know she was streaming I... the end of that because it was the last game of the of the round, um, and everybody ended up seeing it. They didn't see the journey how we got there, uh, but, uh, but it was kind of a good moment for him. I mean, um, I, as as I could sympathize with you on your end of the bargain but watching Kyogre work it is yeah. kind of magical when that card actually does it's the oh yeah and, and, and another thing with this whole sword and shield up I'm like where's my Mew where's my Mew I, I just need it in this matchup <laughs> because you know then I'm fine then there's and, like nothing he can do but you know Mew not in that format so um I, I really want to say though that that format is was a lot of fun just in general with the no rule box I mean the the sword and shield up is is nice too, but it just everything seemed like more of a a longer slugfest. Like yeah, yeah. Like, it wasn't like all right, I'm now like you get set up and you're like, where's my bosses? It's more like all right, I'm set up. Can I continue doing this for six more prizes? Yeah, or something to the fact where it's like, okay, how if I'm down on prizes, how can I, you know, tie this up and actually take the lead? So it's more like you have to take like 
strategic knockouts more than just knock out what the active is. So maybe, you know, you're trying to knock that attacker out that can respond um, or knock out an attack or something that's going to evolve or something like that. So it's definitely more methodical game. You got to think multiple turns ahead. So I definitely enjoyed myself. Um, wish I had a better result, obviously, but uh, oh, me too. I can't complain. It was, it was still such a blast to play in. Yeah. I, I think my two losses were, were rapid strike mirrors and yeah, the good old quick shooting in Deleon. Oh yeah. Causing me the losses, but it yeah, was and then also it, it, that first loss I was talking about the arc result. He had the bird keeper with the rallet combination. I'm like, oh no, where's Mew again? <laughs> it's like, come on, I just I just need Mew over here. Um, uh, but no, again, I was well when we went into that, I was I I, I spaced and I was like, oh, this is gonna be because we uh, I, we played in our local the week before. I lost the, the Catterday deck that's out there. Yeah, it is super popular. And then I was like, oh. I like spaced for a minute when we started the tournament. I was like, this is single prize. This is going to be Catterday again. And I was like, oh, wait, <laughs> Sword and Shield up. I don't have to worry about that. Yeah. Because I, I just had no answers for <laughs> that shenanigans. Yeah. The, uh, yeah, exactly. That deck uh, can ruin a lot of those VMAX days, but uh, good thing that thing's rotating soon. <laughs> yes. All right. So. Uh, enough about all that good stuff. I do have a since we were starting to do more like these trivia things, and I don't know how legitimate this is. Again, I'm not like the best at trivia, but I thought this one was interesting, and I hope it still uh, remains true. But I got a trivia question for you. Okay, so which of these type have never appeared on a resistance spot on any Pokemon card? of the of the value so what yeah so every pokemon has never had a resistance to x type what is that type i'm gonna go with dragon type um i i don't i'm not sure if that is it but the answer here uh dark type dark, dark type. no one has a resistance to dark type no one has a resistance to dark type according to the internet <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's see on the internet. It's true. It must Obviously. be true. <laughs> but I just thought that was interesting. And I found I, it would it would have been kind of weird if they just lied about something like that. But I mean, if you're telling me it's true, I'll believe you. I don't I don't have any information that's gonna refute that. Yeah, exactly. I'm not I can't think of anything off the top of my head. But if anybody uh is listening and says, Hey, Jake, you're just lying. Uh, go ahead and call me out on Twitter, uh, and and uh, hopefully we'll get better facts next time. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so what what um, decks have you been um, been playing lately um, that that are just in standard at the moment? Uh, I have been really it's bouncing back and forth. Online, I've been playing a lot of Ice Rider, mm -hmm. but in and you see me at locals and stuff i've been really trying to do rapid strike malamar and i think it has the potential to be the best single prizer deck out there if it's not already but i would i would agree with you well after after um blacephalon leaves i think for sure uh it is really consistent there's just one problem with that deck uh, EKs, EKs have 50 HP. Yeah. And so, Shadow Rider V just says, hey, two of you, goodbye. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, in 80, ADP still is a thing, too, for single prizes where um, 
that's a not an easy matchup, but it, yes. it can handle that. It can surprisingly still get to the damage that you need to take out ADP. That's why, yeah. that's why it's not an auto loss, like some things like Mata Party or anything like that. Um, but that's what I'm trying to sure up is see how I can get the deck to maybe not auto lose to Shadow Rider because of the Astral Barrage attack. Like um, I saw someone pull out the Inkays from uh, Champion's Path because they're well, dark and they have 60 health, but then they're not Rapid Strike cards. And, and you can't like, use Fog Crystal. Yeah, and they're harder to search for. So it's yes. just like, well, it's only one. And then I'm like, ah, can I get it when I need it? So probably that, not. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Probably not. So it's just trying things out and seeing if I can make it be be good against everything in the meta right now. Yeah, unfortunately, have. it's not. But it definitely is a deck that's fun to play. I've had plenty of games with it. And, and there obviously, you got that Shadow Rider, the ADP. Uh, matchups that are very very um unfavored but i think against most of those vmax decks especially if you're going to see ice rider be super popular um or or victini a lot of people are predicting victini is going to be bdif after rotation not sure if i agree with that but um, both those decks kind of have that same feel and if those see a lot of uh play in the meta i think malamar will be in a pretty decent spot i guess it's just a matter of how much shadow rider is going to hurt um, with rotation of, of you know, Gengar Mimikyu to give yourself that extra turn of setup with the horses. Yeah, because it that really would come into play. It's just like, but like you said, that's why I've been really trying to deep dive Rat and Malmar because it is a blast to play, like in general. Um, yeah, and it, it's like that decision making that we were talking about already with the Gumi Cup, where it's not as straightforward as just attach one energy or, or use underworld door and then just kind of smash. Um, it's more methodical. You have to have right sequencing. Um, so I see the appeal of the deck for sure. But how is the ice rider been treating you? Um, I, it's all right. I, I know it's a good deck, but at the same time, I feel like I'm just not playing it right. So it's still like, I gotta, I think I just need to hit the reps on that a little bit more. Yeah, because I started out playing the Cinchino lot, like Ice Rider with Cinchino, and I like yeah. that. But I, I think I've con like I've conceded that the Inteleon version is better. But like the Inteleon version, just Inteleon, like putting Inteleon with anything else requires an extra level of decision making for what you do with your shady dealings. It's not like mm -hmm. oh, okay, this is where I shady dealings and get this card rinse and repeat 900 times it's okay at this point in this game i'm shady dealings for what like yes. what do you what do you need to get so that's where that's where i get hicked like hiccups on where i'll be like oh after i've done something i'll go well i should have probably grabbed this other card mm -hmm. so that's yeah, again it is reps. it is sequencing and it is a lot of decision making so um that deck definitely there is a lot of skill expression um and and just because it's super meta and everybody's winning with it doesn't necessarily mean it's the easiest deck to just pick up and go with. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I would tend to agree. Just get those reps in. I think you'll be just fine, my friend. Yeah. That's what I, um, with that, it just needs reps at this point. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know we were going to wait for this one till the end, but uh, you brought up uh, Inteleon with shady dealings, the whole, the whole line. And I know you wanted to bring up a specific card that you think that 
should be experimented at this point um, because the prevalence of this uh, the shady dealings uh, card. Well, I, I wanted to bring it up because you know, as I'm you know, Wednesday watching the meta and I'm out there looking, there's Ice Rider with Inteleon, Rapid Strike Urshifu with Inteleon, uh, your your next door neighbor with Inteleon. Anything mm -hmm. is just kind of adding Inteleon in the deck. So I really think that maybe some people need to explore the use of Empoleon V because yeah. a lot of the times, like the deck is like in playing the Inteleon decks, you're, you're going into the next turn or your next, like next motions is going to be requiring you to shady dealings yeah. or do one of those single prizer actions, which then Empoleon will be turning off. And if you can't do anything, then I feel like sometimes you might just stick up like, get him stuck in a mud because there's not there's there's not the dump draw in that deck like the dead entities and stuff like that because there's too many things to kind of dump at once with the dead entity. but um i think it's worth trying to put in in some decks if you can find the only hindrance is because it needs to be in the active so whether that that active being in the active spot like you have to have a switch effect that puts it in the mm -hmm. active after you attack or you attack with it and then you're not doing enough damage like if it, if it does enough damage or whatnot like that yeah so so there's a bunch of rapid strike decks that are seeing success or even maybe not quite the success that they want like everybody's trying to blaziken with the with the um zero aura but maybe it finds a place somewhere in there because when it's in the active i mean it's it's disrupting like you've already kind of mentioned but that that swirling slice does 130 and then you just move an energy from from that card straight over to something else so you can definitely set up two shots while still like you know um disrupting your opponent and with it being rapid strike it's super easy just to kind of search out um and do all that kind of stuff so i i definitely think it there you're on to something there and whenever this card first came out um, I saw some of our locals and people online playing it with ADP uh, because, you know, Jirachi was still super prevalent. Um, and this is just as effective. Um, and it also, I mean, I know fire has definitely seen a downtick in play, um, but it definitely is another weakness that you're covering. Um, and it kind of just fits into ADP as well, just because, you know, that water energy. Um, so there, there, there's room to play with it, I think. It's just a thought. Because I think if you can do that turn off of the shady dealings and you can buy yourself some extra time, especially even, even if you don't turn it off, if you make them like, well, I got a gust here. Like if you make them burn a gust, whether it's through supporter, yeah, then just so they can do something that turn, then that's even, that could work in your favor. Too. Yeah. Because not only, yeah. So even if you're, you have your shady dealings lying out there and you have to gust them, now they can't go and find that uh, that the the melody or the Barney professors whatever it may be because they they've already used their supporter for turn so definitely disruptive. Yeah, that's just my hot kind of maybe we throwing it out there in the ether of the world so that someone with the deck building chops beyond mine can be like you're right man let's start sliding this in somewhere. Jake Gearhart, my eye is on you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's go ahead and jump into the future? 
past uh whimsy watch time so let's send it off to chuck from another time hello and welcome to another whimsy watch where we take a quick look at the meta coming into the last week of july the tournament scene saw a lot of the ongoing tournament series come to a close thus creating sort of a down or maybe like a bye week in the meta so those tournament count was down which led to player count being down but hey no fear, there are still games being played, so let's see what is going on out there. This week, we are going to start in the number 5 spot and work our way up to the top deck because Rapid Strike Urshifu, with the Inteleon, comes in at number 5, and it needs a little bit of a spotlight. Because not only did they pick up multiple wins in the online meta, but Alex Shemansky piloted it to become our 4th Players' Cup champion. Good job, Alex. And well done. On a side note, keep a look out for those inevitable spike and rapid strike Urshifus out there on your online play. Coming in at the 4 spot was ADP featuring Moltres. Not much more to say there. So going into the 3rd place, we're going to see Eternatus uh, continuing its ride at the top. Now, we had a shakeup in the top spot. Shadow Rider Calyrex dropped for, to the number 2 with Ice Rider Calyrex featuring Inteleon usurping his throne. So for the rest of the week, Ice Rider is no longer known as Ice Tray, and we have to call it the Usurper. Shout out to all my Game of Thrones fans out there that'll get that. Now, like I was saying earlier, Urshifu was the big winner this week, picking up multiple big wins as well as that Players' Cup 4 victory. But with the smaller player count, we saw a wide variety of things sneak into cuts. So it could have been an interesting week out there for all you players. Alright, that's going to wrap up this week's watch. But I can't leave you without a little bit of Pokemon Unite news. Patch Day was this week and Eldegoss got the nerf hammer. We shall see if the Puffball is still the boss. So now let's go back to the past. I mean, let's get back to the cast. Wow. I am so good. Like no, you you I'm, really killed it. No, I I to to be quite honest with you, I I know I've said this to Nick many times during our cast, um, but you've definitely kind of come into your own. You can tell that you're more comfortable and just, you know, your your skits are so much more enjoyable to listen to. Not that they weren't at the start, uh, but they definitely improved, and I definitely enjoy. Um, that's like the the one part of the cast where I was like, I wonder what this is going to sound like. Uh, this is like the new part to me. So it's always <laughs> kind of nice to to jump in and hear what you have to say for any given week um, with the meta. I mean, I've, I've been trying to, to get, you know, take some feedback and apply it and, and get better at them every week and, uh, and keep them streamlined. And then uh, the most feedback I get is they like the humor. So I got to keep that up. Oh, yeah. You got to have a little bit of personality for sure. Um, I mean, we love to deliver the meta talk um but you can always say oh shadow rider won so many events or oh, adp added again or x deck is continuing winning so um Pikaram, where are you at bro <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real where is it because i haven't seen it really recently i've played it a couple random games on ladder it still feels nice but it it just has some really rough matchups I'm for still, sure so. i'm still waiting for it it's about that time the meta is like it's almost a month old. We have like two, three weeks before something else comes out. Everyone just goes back to playing Pikachu now. 
<laughs> I don't know. I think both horses, people would argue, uh, are a little bit yeah, more fun. <laughs> I think both horses just kind of beat Picarum, but that's just me. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> if if the if the one horse was weak to electric, it might be a different story, but it's not. So <laughs> let's just move on. I think we're going to jump into the meat of our conversation here today. Um, we have some news items. We have Obviously, we have the Fusion Pokemon to talk about. I think that's going to be the majority of our podcast. Mm -hmm. um, but before that, I, uh, we just wrapped up Players Cup 4, and we had Alex Treminsky that took it home with the Rapid Strike Urshifu. Uh, so second Players Cup in a row that that deck has won, and congratulations to Alex for winning. Uh, super, super pumped for him. I, I know he's been a really good player and very respected within the community. And to win a tournament like this just validates everything that uh, any opinions that people have of him. I, I know uh, in watching the, the stream and, and watching back someone on YouTube that he's been a number, he's been the, the number two in a lot of tournaments. Mm -hmm. So finally being the number one is probably, congrats. Like, yeah, for well, sure. Uh, finally just jumping over that. But, um, you know, nobody's ever going to argue that he was a solid player before this just uh it's it's all about that consistent um you know placement and if you're consistently coming in second i mean you're doing something right uh yeah. so congratulations there um can't say enough about <laughs> enough about that so um i know you wanted to talk a little bit about the second place uh deck uh, well i mean well real quick with alex's i mean it, it was uh rapid strike again taking the top deck spot this time rather than with uh azul's jirachi build we have mm. intelion build on this one instead yeah. but um still i mean rapid strike still chugging along being a great great deck um but second place was really surprising and it's probably it was spirit tomb and and it was uh bruno sermon from latin america latin mm -hmm. Yeah, it was Latin America's. Um, and like just watching him play, like he was making the spirit tomb work and he was trying real hard. Like Rapid Strike is probably a really horrible matchup. Oh, for sure. For it for that deck. But he was still trying to make it work and he gave it his all because he had to well, he had to play him in the winners final. Like he went stayed in the winners until he met Alex in the winners final. Cause then you play to get into the final. Yeah. And then he uh, lost that so then he, then he won the losers final to go play alex again and then he would have had to beat him he would have had to do what azul did last year beat the guy twice yeah but with the, the a problem very is, bad match yeah it was a very bad matchup azul had a very good matchup because of weakness and it was completely yeah. the opposite uh but um, no super props him and i know that kind of validates our friend over at the lake of rage uh mr metal magikarp always saying you know, spear tomb's a, a super great deck and everybody, a lot of people, not everybody, but a, a lot of people say, hey, bro, play a real deck. Um, I guess this kind of validates both of them. Hey, Spiritomb's here to stay uh, well, for the next couple months. I mean, you he went, if I mean, you watch the event, he went through. It, it's not like he wrote, I mean, everyone's saying Spiritomb's good now because of weakness to, to Shadow Rider. But he didn't ride Shadow Riders to the winner's final. He mm -hmm. beat everything else that was in the field. Uh, whether it was ADP or or Shadow Riders or even yeah. um, I can't remember the other deck that was out there, but there was another one that someone was playing. He still beat that. Like yeah. he only beat one Shadow Rider 
on its way to the final. So like he was playing spirit tune to peak potential making it oh, for sure. I think the addition of having escape ropes and switches with the spike myth um, really being able to consistently build that spite up and then deciding where to place the spite along the way is super important because <laughs> if you place it in the wrong spot, you're not doing enough damage. Um, and then sometimes you have to think, you know, turns ahead because maybe you're not knocking stuff out. So, um, you know, props on him for a heck of a run. I mean, second place uh, in Players' Cup 4, uh, that's nothing to scoff about. I'm, I'm sure basically everybody would take that. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I'm not going to speak for him, but I'm just going to assume that in my mind, when you go into that matchup, I got Spirit Tune versus Raptor Trick. We're like, all right, well, I got second place, but I'm yeah, gonna I mean, all. I'm sure he wants to win. Everybody, yeah, when yeah. you're in that position, you want to win. But uh, coming in second again, uh, props. Uh, I will say just a little extra whimsy watching on here. Like there was five cake riders. As I hold up a, a five that you can't see, mm-hmm. uh, uh, there was five cake riders in the meta, and none of them made the, the last finals. So um, I'm still not a fan of the cake rider version. I've seen well, people it, go light one, one, um, but cake rider or, or shadow rider, there was five shadow rider themed decks yeah. that none of them made the finals. So, yeah, I, it's such a good deck, but there's still plenty of counters. And if you don't get a fast start, sometimes you're just in trouble. Yeah. All right. So before right. we move on to the Pokemon fusion, there was one small little bit of no, uh, news. Uh, the, the full art, uh, Crobat V was uh, a Players Cup 4 giveaway uh, on PTCGO. Uh, I, I, as of now, I believe they're all claimed, so we're not going to give the prize out or uh, the prize code out there. Uh, but super, super awesome. Again, Pokemon making it very easy for us players uh, to come across these cards that will be meta relevant, you know, for the next year, year plus, uh, just making it super easy for us. Yeah, I mean, that was super, super cool of them as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, and one other bit of news that they did announce during play, Players' Cup 4 that I wanted to bring up, that they're doing a 25th, like, for the 25th anniversary invitational uh, tournament. Uh, uh, this is Players' Cup 4, like, people that have placed well in Players' Cup 4, they're inviting them for a special tournament August 13th through the 15th. Um, I believe Ooh. they're going to uh, stream it like they have, like, well do it like they have with the players cup four. So more, t- more Pokemon high level Pokemon for us to, to see and watch. So very, very cool. Yeah. So it's more like an invite only um, and you can only earn those invites through players cups of past. Yeah. It, it, I, I, from the way they described it, it seems like past players cup participants, maybe people that have made top, I, I'm not specifics, but maybe the top, like some of the top 16s from all four of the cups, they're going to invite certain ones back and then do a tournament stream and make i'm a- sure all the winners must have a spot <laughs> i'm sure <laughs> all right so let's get into the meat of this um every the, the big news for the week uh pokemon fusion was announced um a def a different kind of you know one of like a different kind of battle style so we've got rapid strike we've got single strike and now we've got uh fusion um so just based off of of that what what's your uh thoughts on just having a third battle styles as you will i mean i think it's pretty cool uh more i'm not opposed to more like typings like battle styles or, or rapid or single strike i like that idea of the the keyword uh mechanic that they have 
the few like not getting any specifics the fusion seems to be more cards that have to you know synergize together fusion uh tactics so as long as they're like like i like how like rapid strike is kind of like spread and stuff and then single strike is like get piled up and do one big hit like as long as they they keep that like they have a flow or like a, Mm -hmm. a a theme to the keyword i like that so yeah so i i don't know how this whole uh you know the fusion's gonna work out um in general is just a a archetype on its own uh, because it doesn't seem to have anything specific in there there's a lot of interesting things to talk about so i guess let's just just jump into it um i'll stay i'll take the first one uh, and we're going to talk about uh, Mew. We're just going to skip the V because I think the V Max is um, more kind of where it's at. He's a psychic type Pokemon. Obviously, he's a fusion type with 100 and uh, I'm sorry, 310 uh, HP. We're weak to dark and resistance to fighting type. Let's go back here. Um, so he has. He has two attacks, so he has uh, colorless colors, so it's cross fusion. Choose choose an attack from one of your benched fusion Pokemon and use that attack. Or per, Pretty solid, I guess. We've seen a similar type of attack right here with Mewtwo Mew GX, uh, the tag team. Uh, obviously, that's all just all GX and tag teams and, and whatnot. This is more... Uh, limited to fusion uh and obviously we don't know all the attacks of you know the the future pokemon so this card has a lot of potential with that attack um just based off we'll 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 have to see if other pokemon uh, fusion uh, attacks are are good or or if they're not that super good then we're not going to see this card in play but i i really much doubt that we're not going to see some attacks that this can kind of uh, jump into uh, what, what are your thoughts at least on that on that well, attack because i think there's mm-hmm. a lot of potential i i think it has potential just be being able to utilize multiple attacks uh, mm-hmm. is gonna warrant it to see some play um the big thing that's different with this mew versus like the mew mew three is that it's just too colorless and then you choose an attack you don't have to pay the cost of the attack that is on the other card um so you can just run to like like it's just to whatever you need to get to two colorless on there and then hit something that costs four energy um that in in as a of itself a bonus yeah uh finding two energies total um probably not going to be that difficult i believe a couple of these have some kind of energy acceleration anyways um, there's always other manners like worst can worst case scenario we have turbo patch um, just off the top of my head mm-hmm. um, but I'm per- I'm sure there's plenty of other excuse me uh, other accelerants that could uh, help you get up and running yeah and, oh I'm sorry no. go for it um, I mean yeah uh, it, it the only the caveat in it why it you don't have to worry about paying it is because he can only use fusion attacks yeah. so um it's just depending on how what what options he has on that is how good that that attack is going to be because i mean obviously i there's a couple good ones that we see future we will talk about here but um it, 
the sky's the limit on what they release as a fusion attack and how good that's going to be. Yeah, for sure. They, I think they do have to watch it though, yeah. um, because they can make this card super overpowered pretty easily on accident, <laughs> just off that attack. Uh, but he does have a second attack. Uh, we got uh, Psychic Psychic Max Miracle, 130 damage. Uh, damage from this this attack isn't affected by effects on your opponent's active Pokemon, so he can definitely shoot through those uh, walling Pokemon Zamazenta. Although not getting one shot, we'll still take damage. We're gonna we're see uh, Decidueye again. Another counter there uh, will take damage, um, but. Not getting one shot though. Not getting one shot, but I mean, currently not getting one shot. There is another card that we will be talking about here um, in a little bit, uh, but definitely uh, just another card that stops those walling Pokemon yeah. uh, from not making it a, a super viable, um, you know, archetype. Going, I think it, this is just the the this is giving Mew the attack that is. We can hit through walls for fusion, and they're putting mm -hmm. it on Mew, um, rather than them try like having making you to try and find it because from a different fusion Pokemon. But most of the time, you're probably gonna if you're gonna be running Mew, you're gonna be trying to use that other attack that will unless you need to hit through something. Yeah, no, I I agree. Um, all right, so I think that's a good amount on Mew. I think the potential for Mew VMAX is, you know, sky high. Mm -hmm. yeah. So you want to uh, take the next one? Yeah, I'll just go go right down to the next one. We'll go Hoopa, Hoopa V. It's a darkness Pokemon. Um, on the card, it's a darkness Pokemon. Um, basic fusion uh, has an ability. Why I was pointing out that it's a darkness Pokemon. Yep. As long as this Pokemon is play, it's both psychic and dark type. Yes. So, um, in your hand, and when you're about to play it, it's a darkness Pokemon, so you can put it on a, a turn of bench with no issues, and then uh, it gains the psychic type when it's out in play. Yeah. Um, so, before we even go on, let's just talk about this ability. Um, I think it's clutch for this to have psychic and dark type, because there's a lot of prevalent Pokemon out there right now that weakness are to either or. Um, yeah. So I think, you know, obviously we've got, we've got the Shadow Rider um, now going to be taking, you know, weakness to it. And then we, uh, well, obviously already, but now having the Urshifu's taking weakness to it as well um, <laughs> really gives this matchup spread for this specific card. Um, you know, uh, it, it's, it has answers for a lot of the big meta decks for sure. Yeah, it gives, it gives Eternatus a, who keeps getting counters printed for it. A counter to hit those hit some of those counters back yeah yeah and uh, then another thing to point out because i've seen people on twitter already ask this um with the whole eternatus issue with eternatus saying you have to have um, dark type on your bench and you can't have other typings um i've asked a few professors and they've all said that it is a dark type Pokemon, so it would not shut the ability of Eternatus off because it's psychic type, as I'm using air quotes. Um, it is still a dark type, first and foremost. It just becomes a second type, but it is still, uh, re it hits that requirement, so it's not shutting Eternatus off. Mm -hmm. um, well, we will mention its attack, um, yes. which is darkness, darkness, colorless. Um, Shadow impact, 170 damage, so good math there. 
and put three damage counters on one of your Pokemon. Yep. So, I mean, the three damage counters is kind of ooey, but if we're talking about putting in a turn in this, you'll have plenty of bodies to spread that out to. Um, but yep. the 170 math is nice because that hitting something like we were just talking about for weakness, that's 340. That is every VMAX released so far. So yeah, without big charm or, or anything like that. But uh, yeah, one-shotting a lot of those main type Pokemon. Very dirty kind of a, a play there. So... Uh, I think the sky is the limit for Hoopa V. Um, the question for him is just getting to three energy, but um, with Moltres, it's doable, but it's just three instead of two. Yeah. All right, so let's jump off to Genesect V, Metal-type Pokemon, 190 HP. It is a Metal-type with Fire Weakness and Grass Resistance. Um, it has an ability... Uh, fusion system once during your turn before you attack you may draw a card from your deck until uh, the number of cards in your hand equals the number of fusion pokemon you have in play uh, so let's chat about that a little bit so fusion pokemon in play uh, so you can have up to six if you have a full bench um, and then you're draw drawing six additional cards potentially if, if you had a zero hand um, but as long as he's out there, you're still drawing cards. Uh, so what, what, how do you feel about this ability? Is it, is it good? Uh, is it, on the ability on its own, is it worth playing? Um, I think your ability on its own is worth playing. Um, because if anything, it's a draw one card for nothing. Um, yeah. Because he's fusion himself. So he's a plus one card to your hand every turn if he's the only fusion Pokemon in play. But if you're playing him, you're most likely going to play some other fusion Pokemon. So you're going to draw even more cards. And I'm going to let you go into his attack. Yeah, but yeah there is an attack. attack. Um, so there, there's attack for Metal Metal, Metal Metal Cutlass, um, Techno Blast, uh, 210 damage. This Pokemon can't attack during next turn. Um, but with things like Metal Saucer, we've already seen Zacian, um, you know, see so much success with his attack. Um, it is basically the same thing, having those metal saucers to help charge him up. Uh, so I see no reason why you can't see this in a fusion deck or metal deck on its own. Very solid attack, uh, especially for the energy acceleration we've kind of spoke about already. And then we've kept alluding to there is another card that will boost this as well. Um, but pretty solid attacker and a pretty solid card card drawing uh, mechanic as well we've seen zashian good for both of his ability and attack um it's very similar except this doesn't end your turn um it doesn't accelerate energies off the ability but it definitely uh very similar in the in that kind of respect to zashian and the the i mean this is the the two cards that this one empowers i think mew which what I think are these two and then the one that we keep alluding to that won't mm -hmm. name yet um, is what's going to make fusion viable um, because the two, I mean, this is a fusion guy. So Mew can use this attack for two colorless yep. and yeah, he can't attack, but we, we didn't mention that the Mew line, Mew V and V max is all free retreat. So the whole, you can't attack next turn is just, Oh, okay. I'll just retreat and give you a different Mew to hit this turn or, or whatever. Yeah. So that's where 
um, they're gonna the fusion like they're they have to like come together, but they're they it's gonna work. It, it should work. I mean, yeah, theoretically, it should work where they can just kind of keep switching back and forth and hitting with very little energy acceleration needed. So right, that's so. where I, I, that's where I think Genesec is like one of, is the best Pokemon of the bunch that we've seen, even though there's- I mean, all three um, of the V Pokemon that we've seen, or V Max V Pokemon that we've seen um, are very solid. A lot of times when these uh, articles are released about cards uh, ahead of time, you know, there, there are those that are clearly fillers. These are all three of these are not clearly fillers. So yeah. <laughs> some definite um, testing to be had with all three. Yeah. All right. Well, let me jump into the next one, um, which is we're going to get word that we're out of these. So we're getting into some single prize Pokemon and we have Oracorio uh, as a fire Pokemon, 90 HP. It's basic, uh, obviously still a fusion Pokemon, um, weak to water, no resistance uh, ability uh, comes with fervent lesson. Uh, as long as this Pokemon is in play, your fusion, your fusion Pokemon take 20 less damage from your opponent's attacks. You can't apply more than one fervent lesson ability per turn, so it's a uh, um, kind of like a, a little weaker metal goggles for your fusion Pokemon or f full metal wall kind of kind of yeah uh, kind of like a full yeah, metal using wall the a little weaker but still um, as a basic pretty solid for kind of those tanking decks I think yeah um, and then it comes with an attack obviously uh, fire colorless passionate drop put five damage counters on your opponent's pokemon in any way you'd like now looking at this you might not think okay well this kind of like do is 20 damage really worth blocking it's not really the the lesson is nice i think this will slot one of maybe in some fusion decks because yeah you want the passionate drop attack for mew because putting five damage counters however you want on your opponent's field is a pretty sweet ability um and can come in handy i mean it may not be something you use every turn but you you want fusion pokemon on the bench it provides a little benefit while it's there and you have the option of using a pretty decent attack yeah for sure it, it has utility um being able to place those anywhere so you can even set up turns uh, with other attacks where you're getting uh pokemon close and then being able to put those damage counters on your opponent's pokemon any way you like you can take six prizes potentially with that with that attack if you your damage matched up uh you know ahead of time beforehand yeah um so yeah another solid pokemon so far so let's go into the next we have the the clam uh clam pearl that just evolves into the huntail and the huntail is definitely what you want um he's a stage one pokemon uh, evolves from clam pearl he has that single strike um I'm sorry, ability single strike jammer. As long as this Pokemon is in play, your opponent's single strike Pokemon require one colorless more energy to attack. Uh, <laughs> so it doesn't ha even have to be active, uh, just in play. Um, being able to stop single strike Pokemon, or not stop, but make it, a lot of times it does stop because if you make it just one more energy cost, it, it kind of messes up their uh acceleration a lot of times so i guess the question here with the huntel is how relevant are single strike pokemon going to be because we've all know that rapid strike have seen the bulk of the love um so what what's your thoughts here 
Uh, I think you hit the nail on the head is like how relevant is single strike going to be because making their attacks, like you said, cost one more can really mess with their acceleration because their attacks are kind of taxed on the fact that they have hound doom Mm -hmm. uh, to accelerate energy. So they're usually, you kind of look at them like single strike Urshifu V max is four to do its big one hit. And you're like making that five, that might not, that's a little harder to get to. Um, Yes. And, and even it's not heart attack will be four then because it's three for the, the 100 damage. Yep. And then even just going down the line, most of them, they don't have just like a one energy attack. Most mm-hmm. of them are two. So then you're taking everything up to three, just messing with the math on, on, on the energies. Oh, yeah. Yeah, again, I think this, this card has potential being good down the line. Um, again, it's just how prevalent how prevalent um, single strike Pokemon are. And like we said, there's a lot more rapid strike love at the moment. And I know the next card we're going to be talking about kind of deals with that. So you want to jump into the next one. The other other half of Clam Pearl, because you you can pick and choose. They're both stage one. So you Mm -hmm. have Gorbis. Mm -hmm. So Clam Pearl is kind of the the either or. Um, But this evolves from Clam Pearl and it has the ability. It's Gorbis, 110 HP. Uh, ability rapid strike canceler as long as this pokemon is in play your opponent's rapid strike pokemon have no abilities mm-hmm. uh, it has an attack that uh, mean you'll never use and then <laughs> um, so that's where like you you can uh, slot this in if rapid strike is prevalent and that's going to turn off or uh octillery that's going to turn off and polyon v all the the cool abilities that you um, get from rapid strike pokemon yeah and it. and it doesn't necessarily shut down the the Inteleon line that we were talking about earlier, but it does shut down the new Inteleon that snipe damage that might be the math fixer for your opponent um, to take knockouts on your bench. So this card out of the two has probably at least immediate, um, you know, more potential, I think. Yeah. I mean, speaking in a, in, in the time of now, if this card came right out, I mean, yeah, we just named four cards that will definitely affect if you slot it into a, a, a meta deck right now. So, I mean, it, it could have the bigger potential. It just depends on what we see out the line with more single strike or rapid strike. But I mean, this might be a thing where, I mean, maybe both of them are popping off and then you have a, a, a two, Two one one line of Gorbis and a Hunt tile, and you just pick the one that you the matchup you're in. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean that might make it clunky, but I'm just saying it's a thing you could do because they both evolve from Clamp Pearl. Yeah, for sure. So it def- definitely gives you options. Again, we'll see how relevant all these uh, support slash um, attacking Pokemon uh, you know are going to be in the future. But definitely answers uh, for Rapid and Single Strike Pokemon, and there hasn't been any hate towards those types yet so it's always good to see kind of balance in that way um do you want to take the next one because the one after i want to talk about yes i won't i I will (laughs) i will jump in here we'll got we got another toxtricity so a toxel and toxtricity um we got a basic toxtricity a toxel um doesn't do anything besides be the basic really Mm -hmm. Uh, it's a couple 10 damage attacks but we'll get right to toxtricity it has 120 hp um it's obviously a fusion pokemon as well it comes with the ability max downer 
Uh, this ability only works if all your Pokemon in play are fusion Pokemon. Um, as long as this Pokemon is in play, the HP of your opponent's VMAX Pokemon is 30 less. So it's a negative big charm for your VMAX opponent's VMAX Pokemon. Yep. Um, that could be a simple math closer as well. Because mm -hmm. um, the, the card that shall not be named... <laughs> soon <laughs> enough we'll get there soon, soon enough. enough soon enough uh we'll get there uh could make it a lot i mean this is the, might just be the math closer you need on that okay so we were talking about hoopa v already with uh you know being dual type hitting for weakness taking one shots on on a lot of prevalent v maxes and we we did say at the time you know as long as you know it doesn't have big charm because big charm is that math where just is out of range for that one shot uh, a lot of times um, if you had this in play, there you go. Uh, you guarantee, uh, even with a big charm, it doesn't do anything uh, as far as blocking that one hit with Hoopa. That's just jumping off, you know, right off the bat. Um, there's definitely other situations I could see with spread damage. Um, hey, maybe you're taking, you know, multiple knockouts because because of this having, you know, that math fixer again. Yeah, I mean, it definitely just it it it's not something. Uh, that you probably you know are looking to see first turn get set up but like it's something that you might slot in for the opportunity on matchups that is going to fix math for you for sure all right so i let you take that one so i can take this next one yeah. um it's the dreepy uh dark lock and dragapult line and we're just going to jump straight to dragapult uh, psychic type 150 HP is a stage two from a fusion Pokemon. Uh, um, obviously, it evolves from uh, Dark Lock. So it has two attacks. And the first attack is for one psychic, uh, one psychic energy, uh, fusion assault, 30 times damage. This attack does 30, uh, 30 damage times the number of fusion Pokemon in play. So if you have a full bench again and you're hidden for one energy, doing 180 damage not too bad um i think the biggest thing for dragapult at least this fusion version of the dragapult and for even like the baby dragapult that we've seen in the past is how consistent can you get a stage two up um that is always the question uh being able to two shot basically anything uh right off the bat if you have full bench um, pretty good for only a one energy attack. Again, it's more just for, hey, are we going to get there or not? Uh, it, it, that's the yeah. biggest question, I think, with Dragapult. I, I, I think Dragapult is suffering from... The only thing that's stopping Dragapult from being probably the best single prizer with that attack is that it's a stage two. And it's just... Exactly. Because uh, if it could do that on a stage, like the speed if you could do that on a stage one would be more like you could almost it's some of the, it wouldn't be as hard to kind of like repetitively do that over and over again because you need to basically two shot things when we're talking about uh pokemon out there with 330 320 hit points yeah no i agree um i don't know if it's gonna be super meta but i definitely think it's something to be played around with in different formats uh, potentially we were just said we were playing in the gumi cup uh, which was all these single prizes there's plenty of tournaments out there like that um expanded this might see some more love um we'll see 
Uh, there's also another card that we continually allude to that boosts damage. Uh, so if you're even hitting up words of 200 plus damage on one, one energy drop, pretty decent. Yeah. Uh, but it does have a second attack, which is I don't think is as good. Psychic colorless speed attack, 120 damage. Um, yeah. I mean, it's not as good. No, it's not as good. If, if something, uh, if, if it, if for some reason you can't get to 120. And yeah. You, you but I do want to mention though, and I might be biased, but the art on any of these Pokemon, this art is so beautiful. I love this card's art. <laughs> it is I'm, so beautiful if you have not looked at this article guys please do jump on um pokey guardian or poke beach or anywhere you get your pokemon news um to find this card it's super super awesome <laughs> yeah it is very cute shooting them droopies like rockets yes <laughs> all right you want me to move into the next one yeah 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 okay okay uh we have uh, one more psychic pokemon to talk about um it's Meliata, uh, Melietta. I can't remember exactly how to say it. I think but, you have it right. Um, it's a 90 HP psychic basic Pokemon, uh, coming with the attack of uh, Melodious, Melodious Echo, 70 times damage. This attack does 70 damage times the number of fusion energy attached to your Pokemon. And I believe I said it was a psychic, psychic and colorless attack, so two energy. Yes. So, um, that's, uh, referring to specifically fusion energy which i guess we can say that there's a a, a fusion energy uh, specific yep. like rapid strike and string of strike energy um so um, at the moment the max of that is four if you have all four out that's 280 damage um right am i doing math? Yeah. seven times four? yes yes yes, yes. Okay. that's 280 but uh, so the th problem with that is your opponent's going to see that coming um, that's a slow, uh, you know, build up. A lot of times when you're doing your, your energy acceleration is usually basic energy. Um, so I, I'm not sure if I like this at the moment. Um, yeah. If there's some kind of special energy acceleration past pre-rotation, you know, no, no more, um, um, what's it, Porygon Z or anything like that. If there's something, something similar to that, um, this card might see play but uh, i don't know i think this is your late game sneaky play in mm. your mew deck because you get your fusion energy out and you need to ko some v max and you have mm -hmm. three or you get to the four and they're not worried about it because you haven't dropped the meliota yet so they're not looking at multiplying like they're just like oh it's just energy and yeah. then you go quick ball because it's a basic or level ball because it's low 90 hp yep so Bog Crystal, because it's a basic psychic Pokemon. Drop it down. You have four fusion energy, and you hit with Mew doing 280 on that. Um, yeah, fair points. I think Mew being the uh, vessel for <laughs> Meliota. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, that's the, the sneaky play, I think, with it. Um, it could, I mean, I don't think you, I don't think you can work it, like you said, you're, uh, if you drop her and you try and make a deck around her, you're um, basically mailing a letter to, of your game plan to your opponent. Mm -hmm. I'm going to put four fusion energy out and try and do a bunch of damage. So they're not going to let you. Um, and then once the, as far as we know, once those fusion energy hit the discard pile, they're staying there. 
So yeah, at, at the moment they are. Uh, it, we'll see if we get some kind of welcoming, welcoming lander esque kind of things, yeah. and then kind of move on from there. But uh, at the moment, not super pumped about this. this. Is probably the one Pokemon I'm not pumped about uh, compared to what we've talked about above already. Mm -hmm. Um, we do have one more Pokemon. So this is a colorless Pokemon, Smeargle. Uh, I just keep thinking Smeagle. <laughs> it's close enough. <laughs> yeah. But uh, uh, for one colorless energy, uh, Trash Kent, um, choose up to two Fusion Trainer cards from your discard pile, show them to your opponent, then put them into your hand. Um, while it is great to be able to take kind of Fusion Trainers, uh, from your discard pile. Um, it is an attack and your turn. So we'll see how much play it gets off that, but being one colorless, uh, not too bad. Um, and then it does have a second attack, which is a triple colorless tail whap, uh, 80 damage. And that's very underwhelming for, <laughs> for me. So again, I think this is more binder. Um, yeah. but but definitely interesting being able to get trainer cards. Uh, if they back. print a fusion trainer card that does something cool for control types, I mean, they'll like it because control yeah. types like getting trainers back from the discard um, for colorless attacks. Um, but I mean, the, st the stipulations on the attack are going to make that. There is another, you know, now let's go into the trainers though. See what, what these, uh, potential cards are that we're, we're taking back from the discard pile. Mm -hmm. Well, um, we have the trainer uh, supporter fusion card, obviously Elsa's mm -hmm. Sparkle. Uh, choose a choose up to two of your fusion Pokemon in play for each Pokemon you choose, search your deck for a fusion energy and attach it to that Pokemon, then shuffle your deck. So a nice quick use your supporter for the turn to get two of those fusion energies out of your deck into your board play which i mean do you want me to just go over fusion fusion energy real quick yeah go yeah that, let's do that because at this point i think it's relevant um it's just a uh fusion energy this card may pat it only can be attached to fusion pokemon and uh, if the attached pokemon isn't a fusion pokemon you have to discard it and while in play this card provides energy of every type of energy but provides only one energy at a time uh, and the Pokemon this card is attached to isn't affected by any abilities from your opponent's Pokemon. So uh, no trash poisoning kind of thing mm -hmm. um, with, with fusion energy attached. But it's basically Aurora energy for fusion Pokemon without having to discard a card. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty good energy for what it does. Um, it's any color stopping um, status conditions always you know it, it will see play um in fusion decks um other than that there's not much to say about it i think it's an auto include at least a one of in in most of these decks yep okay so then we got chili um klein and cress trainer supporter uh fusion search your deck for up to three fusion pokemon reveal them then put them into your hand then shuffle your deck um, so we've seen like with the, like we were talking about rapid strike Malamar, uh, where we've kind of used Brawly, which is kind of a similar effect, except it puts it straight to your bench. Um, I think this is a little bit better because you're putting them into your hand and it's not ending your turn. So you still have options. 
Um, so if there is, you know, something in the future, like a Dedenne Crobat or something to that effect, um, you could, you know, pick them up and hold them and then play them down. Um, but then also just being able to put all those three Pokemon onto your bench um, in that turn, um, I think, you know, there, this card might see some play. Um, is it super meta right off the bat? I don't think so, because we've seen similar cards with like Sonya, uh, for instance, where you get two, put them in your hand, um, and then you also get to pick you know, between Pokemon and energy. And we've seen her, you know, sporadically through decks, but never like super meta. Um, so not sure if it's going to see a lot of play, but definitely there might be some, you know, some of these decks that will use this card to, um, you know, to its advantage. I mean, in a, in a straight fusion deck, it, this would be really good to see turn one. I mean, this is a pretty good, like, way to end. You want to get some fusion Pokemon out. Um, you can grab whichever three you want. Um, if you, if I'm, if one of them is a Genesect V, then you can instantly draw what should be four cards off of that, because I'm assuming you have another fusion Pokemon on board. Um, so, I mean, it's a decent card early, but it's one of those ones where you want to see it early. And if you see it, if you don't see it early and then you see it late game, it's not going to help you. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. But okay, so we keep alluding to this card um <laughs> the card that shall not be named i guess chuck you can go ahead and take the last card i think this is the most powerful card in my opinion in this, this whole set is, this is what's going to make all of the and work it's power tablet it's an item it's a fusion item during this turn your fusion pokemon fusion pokemon's attack do 30 more damage to your opponent's active pokemon before applying weakness and resistance um and then i'm going to read the phrase that's on every item card because you can do it with this card. You may play as many item cards as you like during your turn. So that means if you have four of these, you can play four of them and do did you extra did days. you say did you say power tablet or did you say electro power? I couldn't I like my it audio might have cut out. Um, it is a power tablet, but <laughs> it is a reskinned version of electro power. We've all like we've all seen what electro power uh, has done for those electric decks, Pika Rom. Uh, making it super meta back in the day um, with with having high end damage output, even with like Vikavolt like control with with uh, you know that kind of a, a archetype with this would take knockouts while you're controlling your opponent. Um, so power tablet that we were talking about you know math fixers up there with all of the you know these current attacks at the moment. Again, you can play four of them in one turn and take huge one shots. Or you can just play one that, you know, just puts you over. So this is one of those cards that will see play as long as fusion Pokemon are relevant. And I think this card is going to make it hard-pressed to say they're not going to be relevant. Yeah. I mean, uh, it really just comes down to their attacks being relevant and 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 being able to use utilize Power Tablet in a way that will help make them actually be knockouts. For sure. So again, math fixer um, and making this, uh, even when we're talking like Dragapult, like you would think, okay, he's only doing, you know, 180 damage, but then you play four of them and boom, all of a sudden that's a knockout. That's a, that's 300 damage. Yeah. That's a, that's a knockout on a lot of Pokemon. So that, that's where I was saying like it suffers from stage two. Cause if you could, 
if, if if you could evolve quickly, but like in a format that's not going to have the speed of it is now. So you may still still see a V out there on turn two or three. Um, all you would need is like most of them. You need one. You can do two ten with Dragapult, and yep. it, it, like that's relevant. And and if you did two, that's two forty. That's every V except for Waylord. Yeah. Um, so. Um, I mean, that's where like it's really just it's stage two is going to be quick enough. Yeah, I don't think it will be, but again, that's just one example. Um, we got those, you know, V maxes that are are hidden, and you can definitely fix math with power tablet. Uh, I mean, <laughs> electro power. I mean, I'm confused now, but <laughs> uh, so no, that same thing. A lot of really, what's that? Same card, just different picture. Yeah, definitely. So. Uh, a lot of really cool cards uh, coming out. So very much looking forward to seeing this archetype out there, just the fusion uh, battle style out there. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I like the aspect from what you see on the, on the small sample size. I, I think it's still going to need more, I think, to be like top tier. But uh, I like the fact that they kind of all have to work together to do the fusion style mm -hmm. um, so that's pretty cool and i like that aspect of it i think there just needs to be if this if this is all they ever print in this for fusion it's not going to be enough they'll kind of be like not that relevant but you might see one that like pops off every now and then but yeah it, it'll it could be if they print more more support stuff Oh, and I'm sure there's going to be plenty more in the fusion category to talk to or talk about in the upcoming months. Oh, I assume there's going to be more too. I just, at, at first glance, like I just, I, I come away from it going, oh, it kind of needs a little bit more, but yeah, good start. It's a very good start. Very good start. All right. Well, let's jump into our last category. We have a couple chat questions here. Um, again, if you guys ever want to, ask us questions um we you can you can hit me up at panux one uh, uh chuck over at whimsy watch and we got nick at duca hobbies on top of just going into our discord we have a whole section for this as well um got another one here from zoro dad gx how do you balance grinding and putting in hours to getting better versus stepping away to recharge and take a break i.e improvement versus burnout um, I'll let you take this first. I mean, the one thing, the one thing I, I I've noticed with this when I do player cup player cup runs, like the the original, like the start, the, grind, the fifty keys, the, the fifty keys, um, that's where I can see the 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 burnout on my aspect. Like I just need to stop playing things competitively for me. Like just grab something that's fun. It's probably a gimmicky deck, but just something that you like playing that gives you a fun experience, whether you win, win, lose, or draw, and do that for a little bit. Just take yourself out of the the full mindset of I've got to win or like you know I got to do well or the com full competitive mindset. Just yeah. to take yourself, give yourself a break out of that. That's how I kind of try to stop myself from getting burnout. Um, improve like, but I mean. He does say in the question, like putting in hours, you got to put in some work to get some improvement. So like for sure, I mean, you put in a lot more, you put in a lot of hours. So you, you, how would you, 
Okay, so I'm a little different from most people where no matter the hobby I've, I've played throughout years, um, when it comes to hockey, when it comes to X-Wing, when it comes to Pokemon or any video game in between, if I'm like con really considering making it like my competitive um, game of choice uh, or at the time being, I usually don't get burnt out very, very easily. I can put several, several hours a day in to Pokemon and not get burnt out. Um, I think the trick is to, like Chuck was saying, playing, playing different. So playing different decks, i.e., different um, formats, uh, but still playing the core of the game. Um, you want to improve on your decision making, so you can do that. Like we, we were saying with uh, with single prize formats, you can do that with the standard game expanded. There's always different sets of um, card combinations to get there, um, but you're always still having to try to still work on that core of decision-making and sequencing. Um, and a lot of games, like for instance, so I was talking about that Gumi Cup game, my game three, my first loss. And I, I ended up losing that game because I placed an energy in the wrong spot. Um, so, and, and recognizing um, these, are definitely huge things. So you could say, oh yeah, I got unlucky um, because I only lost by like one card or something. So there was an instance in the game where I already had a Malamar completely charged up on the bench. And I placed another energy onto uh, Inke and then it subsequently evolved him. So I had two ready to go. Um, but then I did that early on and I was just assuming I would find like a balloon or something um, to switch out my Chanchino um, from active to bench. Um, didn't end up finding it with the digging that I did. Um, now, some may say that wasn't a misplay, but in my eyes it was because if I play uh, that basic energy onto the Mancino and then continue to do my sequencing after that, I am able now to retreat. And yeah, sure, I don't have an energy on there, but in that case, you don't really care about energy that much because it's one energy attached, boom. So I can worry about that next turn. Um, and then I could have hit that turn to stop them. So it wasn't even that I would have taken knockout. It's now that they've taken an additional knockout on me um, and in that kind of instance. Uh, and it's all because of one energy placement too early in my sequencing. So it's kind of like you got to play different things to find yourself in that spot. But you, the only way to find those is to continuously put hours in. Um, and like I said, I, I usually play games and I can play hours and hours a day, um, several hours, like a, a week, a month or whatever, and not get burnt out. Um, but every so often when I do, um, it is good to just step back. I usually take like, so for me, I would take like a day off and play Pokemon Unite um, or, or whatever it is, or, or whatever, you know, any, any other game just to get your mind off of it. But you don't want to step away for too long. So if you step away for too long, then you're going to lose these things in your head and that momentum you're having as a player as growing your game. Um, so I would say take a day or two off if you are getting burnt out and see how you feel there. Again, you don't have to always play standard for you to improve your game in Pokemon. You can play other um, other formats. You can play expanded. You can play single price. You can play all these other. There's plenty of things on Limitless that you can play every week. Um, so that's my answer, I guess. Um, yeah, take a couple days off if you are feeling burnt out, um, but definitely keep it fresh uh, by you know different different formats.
I think even the best players in the world, they're always talking about playing like draft leagues and stuff like that. And that's completely different. Um, so just because it's not standard doesn't mean, you know, you're not improving yeah. your game. I don't think there's any harm in taking a, a, a time off from your main competitive um, drive or format, like stand, whether it's standard, like there's, and that day off can consist of a not playing Pokemon in general and a different game uh, or just playing a different format in Pokemon where your a could still be improving where every time you play Pokemon, you can take away improvement by just learning how to sequence and decision make throughout mm -hmm. the more you do it, the, the easier the decisions are going to come to you. Yeah. So. Yeah. So um, we have another question is kind of ties in and I kind of answered it already, but uh, Duke Hobby said he couldn't be here today. So he felt like he should give us a question. How do you judge improvement? Um, and I think the first and foremost, you have to be honest with yourself with your gameplay decisions. So that example I was talking about with energy uh, placement, like I said, a lot of people would say, eh, you know, attach that and then not get it down the line and that, oh, I couldn't find a switch. Um, I got unlucky or my opponent won because I got unlucky um, when it really was, you know, that energy attachment early was incorrect in that moment. Um, so being honest with yourself that you made that misplay and try to not make that mistake. And I know Pokemon, you know, there's a lot of decision-making in, in a lot of different games. Um, they can be a, similar in your, your flow of your, of your sequencing, but you can still kind of ultimately make the same mistake. So just, excuse me. And I know it's hard not to um, repeatedly sometimes, but recognizing your mistakes um, goes a long way in improving your play in general. Uh, I mean, to answer the, for me to answer the question directly of how do you judge improvement? Well, the best way to judge it is like over time, seeing your, how maybe you're um, increasing where you place in tournaments, um, seeing where you end up overall or uh, how you perform with the deck winning more often or things like that. That's really the best way to judge it. Yes. But, uh, it's not necessarily something that you need to judge. I think what you need to do more of is what you were saying and, and, and look at and make sure that you're being honest with yourself to help facilitate the improvement. Yes. Um, because you really, not that you want to, something that I do, but not that like I want to second guess everything I do. But if, if I'm done with a turn um, on my opponent's turn while they're doing their thing, I usually see like, what could I have done differently? And there's a few times where you see things that like I, I was playing ice rider and I was, I attached an energy to ice rider. But then like after my turn was over and I was like, ah, oh, I probably should have just attached that to the Sobble because then I could have kept calling or call, call for family, family. call yeah. for family and put a bunch of Sobbles out. That would have been the better play, but I was thinking, well, I'll get the energy down for next turn. Cause then I'm, I had a balloon in my hand so I could, I didn't need it to retreat, but the, just noticing that like there are different plays and there's different ways to see things and then noticing those and then trying to find out what is going to be the best avenue. Cause yeah. the keep calling might not have been the best avenue in that game, but it was a different avenue. And if you can recognize and limit mistakes and 
see more avenues to how you play, you will hopefully see improvement. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, and one more thing I kind of want to mention is you want to gauge your, you, you, you got to put the time in on competitive events. Um, right now we have limitless, um, really great resource for us. Um, obviously, whenever the IRL play starts, you can want to track this as well. We'll kind of go hand in hand. But uh, whenever I first started playing Pokemon, I would play these limitless tournaments and I would go <laughs> 04, uh, you know, 1 3, not doing well. And again, this kind of ties back into being honest with yourself and then just improving your play. Um, we'll start to see, you'll see now. I'm not saying I'm a top player by any means. I'm not like any of these Players' Cup champions or top fours. I have made cut uh, two out of three of the times I've, I've attempted. And a lot of this kind of ties into that. But as far as like those individual tournaments, you'll start you'll start off, you'll see you're going those 04, 13s, um, or 02 drop, depending on what you're doing. But then you'll start at least start seeing that, you know, you're going 2-2 or you're starting now going into where you're pushing cuts, almost making cuts, um, having a, a positive record. Um, so those are always continually um, improving there. And then you'll start making cuts more regularly, maybe not still not doing much once you make cut, but you're, you're getting there. Um, so as long as you can continue to improve your gameplay, you'll see yourself go from that 04 to, hey, I'm making cuts um, or at least contending for cuts cuts um, rapidly and then the more times you get there eventually you'll start winning we've talked to so many different guests so many great players um, in the pokemon community that kind of has said that like oh they didn't they weren't very good at first and then they started making cuts and then they they started winning events and i can say this it was a very similar story for when i played x-wing um, i played x-wing for what five years chuck somewhere in that range where i i started i was new and I got creamed every tournament, but I never gave up. I kept playing and playing and trying to make these, you know, um, decision, you know, making better decisions throughout games. And eventually I started, you know, getting that top four, getting like price support from our LGSs. Um, and then it got to a point where I felt like I never could lose, <laughs> like no matter what I did. Like I, I think at one point we were playing, and I know this is not Pokemon, but it's still kind of the same concept. But yeah. there was a point where it's like, we had a bunch of store championships and we were going for like some specific bling cards for X-Wings and stuff. And I made it a point, like we have five, uh, five local um, store championships. I want to win. I want to win acrylic cards for all five of them. And you have to come in top two. And I ended up getting four first and a second at <laughs> all five. So it was like to, and it, that all was because I put in the time and learning the meta and being honest with yourself on decision-making and all that kind of stuff kind of ties back into it. Yeah. I mean, the only thing I'm going to add to that is you can't, you sometimes when you're, you're making something, you got to test it. So like mm -hmm. you have to be willing to throw yourself into those tournaments and don't be scared of the results. It's just, you're putting your gate, you're trying to gauge yourself against some other players and, and competition to see how well you are. I mean, eventually you're going to improve. I mean, for sure. It, it, you'll get out of it what you put into it. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's probably going to wrap it up. That was a, we had a pretty good discussion on a bunch of different things. 
before we wrap up, I know we normally ask this as guests, and you're not necessarily a guest, but you're you are on. Uh, do you do you have any shout outs that you want to throw out there? Um, no, I, I just shout out our Discord. Get in to Triple P Podcast Discord. Um, I mean, I'm I'm very active in there. We chat all the time. Um, so find the link in the show notes. I know Nick will put it in there. Jump mm-hmm. in. I I'll give a shout out to uh, the Oregon Pokemon because the, the Gumi Cup that was fun. Oh, yeah. That was super fun. Super fun tournament. Um, had a blast. Do that if you can. And then um, that's all I got. <laughs> all right well thank you guys for uh listening and hanging out with us today and we'll see you on the next one but uh if, before we go if you do want to uh reach out to us again our our um our discord triple p uh pittsburgh pokemon podcast and then you could reach me at panux one on twitter we got whimsy watch and duca hobbies as well so um hit us up on all of those uh, social at media. watch whimsy because at watch whimsy i am yeah, sorry it had to be it had to be backwards the twitter watch whimsy that is fine um all right see you guys later see ya